Hey, good morning. Today is Saturday, November 9th, 2019. I am your friendly host and regular person, Jacob. This is the Daily Office Morning Prayer, a compilation of Morning Prayer Rite 2 from the Episcopal Book of Common Prayer, and Liturgy from Enriching Our Worship Volumes 1 and 2 that cover Daily Office, Eucharist, and Healing Prayers. Our readings for this morning are Psalms 75 and 76, Ezra 9, 1 through 15, Revelation 17, 1 through 14, and Matthew 14, 22 through 36. I hope you guys can hear me okay. I'm charging my phone in the car and getting warm before going out to watch Jack race at the Frostbite Regatta in New Jersey, which is totally exciting. So... I don't usually do this, but I'm sitting in the car with it running so my phone can get all charged and I can get all toasty warm. It's about 30 degrees out here, which is really not bad, and winds are a lot lighter than they were yesterday. Let's say some special prayers for Jack. He's uh, rowing a quad this morning, and he is the bow, which means he steers the boat, and he has to do that without uh, being able to see, really, because he's facing the other direction, as those of you who might have uh, done some crew before would know. So, dear God, guide Jack, let him stay in the lanes and keep the boat steady, true, and straight in the best senses of these words, God, in all your holy name and by your, with, with the help of the entire Holy Trinity, creator, word made life and Holy Spirit, for we know that no thing even a, even a regatta on a Saturday morning is too small for you. We need not feel ashamed of asking you for small things, God, because you are enough. You are larger than we can imagine. You are more powerful than we can conceive. And you can both help Jack with this race this morning and also... Help those suffering in deep times of distress. Even those souls affected by genocide in faraway corners of the earth that we can't wrap our privileged American minds around. So we ask all of these things, God, because we know that you are an and both kind of God. and that you love us all, in all places, in all situations. Amen. Send out your light and your truth, that they may lead us, and bring us to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Mother, to set forth her praise, to hear her holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship her, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by her infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, 
by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us, forgive us all our sins, through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise, and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Come, let us adore Him. Come, let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to God with psalms. For our God is a great God and a great ruler above all gods. In her hands are the caverns of the earth and the heights of the hills are hers also. The sea is hers for she made it and her hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee and kneel before God our Maker, for she is our God, and we are the people of her pasture and the sheep of her hand. Oh, that today you would hearken to her voice. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Come, let us adore her. Psalms 75 and 76. We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks, your name is near. People tell of your wondrous deeds. At the set time that I appoint, I will judge with equity. When the earth totters with all its inhabitants, it is I who keep its pillars steady. I say to the boastful, do not boast. And to the wicked, do not lift up your horn. Do not lift up your horn on high or speak with insolent neck. For not from the east or from the west, and not from the wilderness comes lifting up, but it is God who executes judgment, putting down one and lifting up another. For in the hand of God there is a cup with foaming wine, well mixed. She will pour a draught from it, and all the wicked of the earth shall drain it down to the dregs. But I will rejoice forever. I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. All the horns of the wicked I will cut off, but the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. Psalm 76. In Judah, God is known. Her name is great in Israel. Her abode has been established in Salem, her dwelling place in Zion. There she broke the flashing arrows, the shield, the sword, and the weapons of war. Glorious are you, more majestic than the everlasting mountains. The stout-hearted were stripped of their spoil. They sank into sleep. None of the troops was able to lift a hand. At your rebuke, O God of Jacob, 
Both rider and horse lay stunned. But you, indeed, are awesome. Who can stand before you when once your anger is roused? From the heavens you uttered judgment. The earth feared and was still when God rose up to establish judgment, to save all the oppressed of the earth. Human wrath serves only to praise you when you bind the last bit of your wrath around you. Make vows to God and perform them. Let all who are around her bring gifts to the one who is awesome, who cuts off the spirit of princes, who inspires fear in the kings of the earth. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Ezra chapter 9, verses 1 through 15. After these things had been done, the officials approached me and said, The people of Israel, the priests and the Levites, have not separated themselves from the peoples of the lands with their abomination with their abominations, from the Canaanites, Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Egyptians, and the Amorites. For they have taken some of their daughters as wives for themselves and for their sons. Thus the holy seed has mixed itself with the people of the lands, and in this faithlessness the officials and leaders have led the way. When I heard this, I tore my garment and my mantle, and pulled hair from my head and beard, and sat appalled. Then all who trembled at the words of the God of Israel, because of the faithlessness of the returned exiles, gathered around me, while I sat appalled until the evening sacrifice. At the evening sacrifice I got up from my fasting, with my garments and my mantle torn, and fell on my knees, spread out my hands to the Lord my God, and said, O oh my God, I am too ashamed and embarrassed to lift my face to you, my God. For our iniquities have risen higher than our heads and our guilt has mounted up to the heavens. From the days of our ancestors to this day, we have been deep in guilt, and for our iniquities we, our kings and our priests, have been handed over to the kings of the lands, to the sword, to captivity, to plundering and to utter shame, as is now the case. But now, for a brief moment, favor has been shown by the Lord our God, who has left us a remnant, and given us a stake in his holy place, in order that he may brighten our eyes and grant us a little sustenance in our slavery. For we are slaves, yet our God has not forsaken us in our slavery, but has extended to us his steadfast love before the kings of Persia, to give us new life, to set up the house of God, to repair its ruins, and to give us a wall in Judea and Jerusalem. And now, our God, what shall we say after this? For we have forsaken your commandments, which you commanded by your servants the prophets, saying, The land that you are entering to possess is a land of unclean, with the pollutions of the peoples of the lands, with their abominations. They have filled it from end to end with their uncleanness. Therefore do not give your daughters to their sons, neither take their daughters for your sons, and never seek their peace or prosperity, so that you may be strong and eat the good of the land and leave it for an inheritance to your children forever. After all that has come upon us for our evil deeds and for our great guilt, seeing that you, our God, have punished us less than our iniquities deserved, and have given us such a remnant as this, 
Shall we break your commandments again, and intermarry with the peoples who practice these abominations? Would you not be angry with us until you destroy us without remnant or survivor? O Lord, God of Israel, you are just, but we have escaped as a remnant, as is now the case. Here we are before you in our guilt, though no one can face you because of this. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle O, a song of the heavenly city. I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the God of surpassing strength and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to light it, for the glory of God shines on it, and its lamp is the Lamb. By its light the nations shall walk, and the rulers of the world lay their honor and glory there. Its gates shall never be shut by day, nor shall there be any night. Into it they will bring the honor and glory of nations. I saw the clean river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. The tree of life spanned the river, giving fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of nations. All curses cease where the throne of God and the Lamb stands, and all servants give worship there. There they will see God's face, whose name shall be on their foreheads. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. A reading from Revelation, chapter 17, verses 1 through 14. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and said to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great whore who is seated upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and with the wine of whose fornication the inhabitants of the earth have become drunk. So he carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was full of blasphemous names, and it had seven heads and ten horns. about that folks I dropped my phone the woman was clothed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and jewels and pearls holding in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the impurities of her fornication and on her forehead was written a name a mystery Babylon the great mother of whores and of earth's abominations And I saw that the woman was drunk with the blood of the saints and the blood of the witnesses to Jesus. When I saw her, I was greatly amazed. But the angel said to me, Why are you so amazed? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast with seven heads and ten horns that carries her. The beast that you saw was and is not and is about to ascend from the bottomless pit and go to destruction. And the inhabitants of the earth, whose names have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, will be amazed when they see the beast, because it was and is not and is to come. This calls for a mind that has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman is seated. Also they are seven kings, of whom five have fallen, one is living, and the other has not yet come. 
and when he comes he must remain only a little while. As for the beast that was and is not, it is an eighth, but it belongs to the seven, and it goes to destruction. And the ten horns that you saw are ten kings who have not yet received a kingdom, but they are to receive authority as kings for one hour, together with the beast. These are united in yielding their power and authority to the beast. They will make war on the lamb, and the lamb will conquer them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and those with him are called and chosen and faithful. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle K, a song of our adoption. Blessed are you, the God and mother of our Lord Jesus Christ, for you have blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Before the world was made, you chose us to be yours in Christ that we should be holy and blameless before you. You destined us for adoption as your children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of your will, to the praise of of your glorious grace that you have freely given us in the Beloved. In you we have redemption through the blood of Christ, the forgiveness of our sins, according to the riches of your grace, which you have lavished upon us. You have made known to us in all wisdom and insight the mystery of your will, according to your good pleasure which you set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time, to gather together all things in Christ, things in heaven and things on earth. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 36. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. When they had crossed over, they came to land at Genesaret. After the people of that place recognized him, they sent word throughout the region and brought all who were sick to him, and begged him that they might touch even the fringe of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Let's recite the Apostles' Creed together. I believe in God, the Mother Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, her only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. 
He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the mother. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. God be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Our Mother in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your queendom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the queendom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Let's pray now in place of suffrages, intercessory prayers for healing. Let us name before God those for whom we offer our prayers. God the Mother, your will for all people is health and salvation. We praise you and thank you, O God. God the Son, you came that we might have life and might have it more abundantly. We praise you and thank you, O God. God the Holy Spirit, you make our bodies the temple of your presence. We praise you and thank you, O God. Holy Trinity, one God, in you we live and move and have our being. We praise you and thank you, O God. God, the creator of all things, God, the word made flesh and the Holy Spirit, we praise you and thank you, O God. God, grant us your healing grace to all who are sick, injured, or disabled that they may be made whole. Hear us, O God of life. Grant to all who seek your guidance and to all who are lonely, anxious, or despondent a knowledge of your will and an awareness of your presence. Hear us, O God of life. Mend broken relationships and restore those in emotional distress to soundness of mind and serenity of spirit. Hear us, O God of life. Bless physicians, nurses, and all others who minister to the suffering, granting them wisdom and skill, sympathy and patience. Hear us, O God of life. Grant to the dying peace and a holy death and uphold by the grace and consolation of your Holy Spirit, those who are bereaved. Hear us, O God of life. Restore to wholeness whatever is broken by human sin in our lives, in our nation, and in the world. Hear us, O God of life. 
You are the God who does wonders. You have declared your power among the peoples. With you, O God, is the well of life, and in your light we see light. Hear us, O God of life. Heal us and make us whole. Let us pray. O God, accept the fervent prayers of your people. In the multitude of your mercies, look with compassion upon us and all who turn to you for help. For you are gracious, O lover of souls, and to you we give glory. <coughs> Creator, Word, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you is eternal life, and to serve you is perfect freedom. Defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. God, almighty and everlasting, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power, that we may not fall into sin, nor be overcome by adversity. And in all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose, through Jesus Christ. Amen. Heavenly Mother, in you we live and move and have our being. We humbly pray you so to guide and govern us by your Holy Spirit that in all the cares and occupations of our life we may not forget you, but may remember that we are ever walking in your sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. As a prayer for mission, let's use the prayer attributed to St. Francis. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. To be understood as to understand. To be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. And it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. I'm going to pray a few more um, prayers for healing from Enriching Our Worship, Volume 2. And then I will share a few thoughts on the readings. Merciful God, 
In your love and wisdom, you know the needs and fears of your people before we can name them. Grant that we who watch with them may be enabled to surrender all their cares to you. Grant that your child and we who watch with grant that your children and we who watch with them may be enabled to surrender all their cares to you as you care for them. Give them peace of mind and unshakable trust in you through Jesus Christ our Redeemer. Amen. God of all comfort, our very present help in trouble, be near to Jacob for whom our prayers are offered. Look on her with the eyes of your mercy, comfort her with a sense of your presence, preserve her from the enemy, and give her peace, and give her patience in her affliction. Restore her to health and lead her to your eternal glory. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Christ, light of light, brightness indescribable, the wisdom, power, and glory of God, the Word made flesh, you overcame the forces of Satan, redeemed the world, and then ascended again to the Mother in Heaven. Grant, Jacob, and all your children, we pray. In this tarnished world, the shining of your splendor, send your Archangel Michael to defend us, to guard our going out and coming in, and to bring us safely to your presence, where you reign in the holy and undivided Trinity, to ages of ages. Gracious God, only source of life and health, help, comfort, and relieve your children and give your power of healing to those who minister to our needs, that our weaknesses may be turned to strength and confidence in your loving care for the sake of Jesus Christ. Amen. Strengthen us, God, to go where we have to go and bear what we have to bear, that accepting your healing gifts at the hands of all who offer, we may be restored at the hands of all whom you work through, God, that we may be restored to wholeness with a thankful heart, through Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Holy One, you do not distance yourself from the pain of your people, but in Jesus bear that pain with us and bless all who suffer at others' hands. Hallow our flesh and all creation. With your cleansing love, bring healing and strength to all creation. And by your justice, lift us up, that in the bodies you have given us, we may again rejoice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Christ, you came into the world as one of us and suffered as we do. As we go through the trials of life, help us to realize that you are with us at all times and in all things, that we have no secrets from you, and that your loving grace enfolds us for eternity. In the security of your embrace, we pray. Amen. are my thoughts on the readings. Psalm 75 is a tough one, I think, because it's one of those ones that can get used in some, some wounding and unhealthy ways. 
As women, when we speak confidently, we are often told that we are being arrogant or boastful or holier than thou. And this isn't what the psalmist is talking about. Don't let this verse or other verses in the Bible be used to contribute to the abuse of the patriarchy. We're not supposed to be doormats. This is not what it's saying. It is saying to have reverence for God. Verse 7, it talks about it is God who executes judgment, putting down one and lifting up another. This is not a verse that says that government leaders are ordained. I know it's been misused that way, but it's, that's not the case. Every human, no matter where they are, what they do, where they come from, should turn to God as the utmost foundational source of guidance. And I believe that's what we're talking about here. One of the things. And that the earthly exalted... That's nothing. Next to the exaltation that God feels when we enter into cooperation with God to further God's work in the world, to make God's purpose our purpose. That's what it's all about. It's not about being quiet. It's not about not sticking your neck out. It's about speaking up for godly purpose and godly justice and godly motivation. And what is godly? Well, it all comes back to love. Agape love of all creation. Because it is God and God above all. And we have gotten so far away from that. We have walked so far away from God being principal in our lives. In our actions. We have become adrift. And it's no wonder that anxiety and fear are so prevalent in our culture. Because... The one who, in whom, I mean, and it says this in some of our other suffrages that we didn't read today, but the one in whom all true security rests, we have gotten far away from that. So we have to reroute and ground ourselves in faith and love and God and know the truth and speak the truth. But with and for God, with reverence for God's might and majesty. Because as Psalm 76 goes on to say, God will make things new. God will break 
God has broken and will break again the flashing arrows, the shield, the sword, and the weapons of war. And these things will be nothing against God's power, God's spiritual power and God's might. And so those things that we most fear here on earth, the entrapments of the enemy, persecution of others, even violent death and terrible genocidal war. They might seem insurmountable, but God has all this and we must enter into cooperation, not with the evil forces of strife and violence and earthly warfare. We must enter into cooperation with God for the universal sovereignty of God, the co-creative Christ project, the project of love and thriving and health, redemption, reconciliation, restoration, putting things whole. We should be working cooperatively with God to make God's creation whole from every person to every plant. I know this sounds like so much, but it, it really is the case. that it's it's just as insolent this this is going to come across negatively um i'm going to say it that way and then i'll try to clear it up it's just as insolent to look at the powers that be evil spiritual powers and the human institutions that have gotten caught up in them so let's take for example the oppressive white patriarchy looking at that and saying it is insurmountable i cannot possibly hope to overcome it and so i must go along to get along um i must abide by these rules in order to survive is in its way just as disrespectful of god as saying God is nothing. God doesn't matter. Money is power and money is king. Because God's power is greater. The spiritual forces of the heavenly multitude are greater. We must do our part. We must come in on the side of good and righteousness and just even when it feels like we are terribly alone. May God guide us and give us the strength. Our Old Testament reading from Ezra is another one that's often misinterpreted. I mean, you could really take this, and if you wanted to, and white supremacists have, take passages like this in the Bible and use it to speak to purity. And so maybe today is about about some healing for some wounding that's been wrongly done with passages um, of scripture. So what I believe the message is for us in today's context to say is remain holy, true and steadfast in faith and love. No matter where you go 
and what you come against. Do not allow yourself to be uprooted and swayed and replanted in the ways of sin and evil and ugliness and hatred. Do not stoop to the level of those that you come into contact with or come against. Rather, help them raise. If you come across those who are unawakened, don't put yourself to sleep to make it easier to dull the pain or for whatever reason. Instead, gently help them to awaken. And there's a lot of historical context with this here. This whole concern with intermarriages, according to my commentator, quote, resembles the Athenian laws of 451 BCE, which granted citizenship only to men with two Athenian parents. The targeted prohibited families probably include Judeans who had not gone into exile. So there is a historical content context here with a desire to keep the remnant of Jewish people intact. And I think that that is important. I think that the, the cultures that we come from, that we should preserve them because they are important and they have grace and power. Um, and the culture above all other cultures is the culture of Christ. And that must be preserved and not diluted. But part of its preservation is by welcoming others into it. As we read in one of our transition canticles, we are adopted by Christ. And our adopted family must grow to embrace all this and without sacrificing the tenements of our faith, without sacrificing love. I think the evangelical right in America has sacrificed the true principles of Christianity. And I believe they should no longer call themselves Christians. They are not practicing or acting as members of Christ's family. They have co-opted Christianity and have lost it. What is being spread is no longer Christian. And so this is exactly what I think this passage is talking about. When we sacrifice the very essence of our being and lose contact with God. We must preserve and keep whole. And part of that, we must preserve and keep whole the essence of Christianity, the greatest commandment. And not be swayed by the pressures and the fears and the anxieties and the influences. That's not strong enough a word, but of 
non-godly sources. So here, this law that echoes the law of the Athenians, maybe not great. Anything that is, we talk about this in spiritual direction a lot, that those things that lead to consolation are moving in, like that helps with discernment. Those are moving in the right direction. Those that lead to desolation, apartness from God, those are moving in the wrong direction. So let's let's put things through this test. Is the way that we are evolving our faith, does it bring us closer to God? Does it bring others closer to God? Does it make whole and restore and renew? Or is it fracturing and breaking and bringing us, moving us further from God, alienating others from God? And I think there we find our answers. And where we build and further the kingdom of God on this earth, I think it is putting those things into place. It is making whole. It is healing. It is redeeming. It is moving forward in a way that transformation by transformation, like Paul said, moves us closer to God. I think I've, I still don't feel like I've quite captured the essence. I've talked all around this several different ways, but I hope Holy Spirit help some of that come through. And then our New Testament reading is one of those from Revelation that is very metaphorical. So let me tell you a little bit about what my commentator or my commentary has to say about this. So the Great Whore is a symbol and it builds on the fact, this direct quote, that cities were grammatically gendered as feminine and on the Hebrew prophets metaphorical references to cities and nations as brides, wives, or harlots. So fornication, sexual misconduct applied metaphorically to the city's international, commercial, and political dealings, which were judged illicit and unjust. So this whole thing is a metaphor saying that the metropolis of the time, the city and its governance and its governors had broken faith and covenant and trust with God and had really gone far away, just like we were talking about in our last reading. And and we are talked through the eschatological victory of Jesus Christ, is how my commentator puts it, but over the governments and the cities and the rulers that are ungodly and far away, that Christ will come. And conquer over all. And I think we can pretty clearly say that the city described here is the city of Rome. And perhaps even that the beast is the Roman Emperor Nero. And the seven mountains, the seven hills of Rome, the seven kings of Roman emperors. But you can put in there whatever you would like. That when we strive towards building anything other than the sovereignty of Christ and Christ's greatest commandments, Christ and Christ's commandments, including the greatest commandment, which is love, 
when we're when we're striving and working toward building anything else it is doomed and i think actually we should take heart in that knowing that christ will come and justice and victory will prevail and all those things that seem so powerful now i mean look how powerful rome must have seemed um and even appears through the lens of history will be overcome let us take faith then and set our energy and our building toward building that of god And then finally, our New Testament reading. This is one that we've probably all heard and that we're fond of, Peter getting out and walking on the water. What I want to focus on today is that when Peter, note verse 30, when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Often we are going on and we are doing mighty things through the power of God, just as miraculous as walking on water. And then we notice, it's not that it hasn't been there, but we notice the distractions and the forces coming against us, the winds whipping around us. And suddenly we lose faith and we begin to sink. Just like Peter did when that happens to us, let us reach out, cry out to God, take hold of God, And perhaps each time we can go a little further. We can keep our sights on God. Keep our track towards God. Keep moving in faith. And then the very end of this passage. When they had crossed over, they came to land at Genesaret. He sent word throughout the region and brought all who were sick to him and begged him that they might touch even the fringe of his cloak and all who touched it were healed. Let us come to God for healing and bring God to those who need healing. Let us put out the word and provide access to God. God's healing and God's love and God's might and God, God's self are not something to be locked away or kept from anyone or to be embarrassed about. We talked a little bit before about, quite frankly, Christians that I don't think deserve the name and have given Christianity a bad rap, so much so that many of us are ashamed to speak of our faith and pour out the fountain of living water, you know? So let us neither... withhold let us not withhold no matter what the reason is whether it's a scarcity mentality that if i give to you i will somehow not have enough for me or if it's some sort of cultural shame whatever the reason is let us not withhold healing let us be clear and pure conduits of god's healing let us open the way and never close it amen i know that was a little disjointed (laughs) 
it was in a couple different parts for me too. I, I went through the gospel and then um, went and watched Jack race and then came back and finished it up. So I hope that I hope that there was something there that resonated or at least gave you a desire to go go deeper and to know more and to investigate how you feel about these things. My way is not the only way. My thoughts are not the only thoughts. God reaches all of us in many different ways and has a different message for each of us that is perfectly tailored to this particular time and context. And God meets you right where you are. So may this be a little step on the journey. All right, let's go ahead and and wrap up, folks. Almighty God, Mother of all mercies, we, your co-conspirators, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love in the redemption of the world by the grace of Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Glory to God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to God from generation to generation in the church, and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. We live without fear, for our Creator has made us holy, has always protected us, and loves us as a good mother loves her children. We go in peace to follow the good road, and may God's blessing be with us always. Amen.